They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together hooky, the Adams family. Their house is a museum, when people come to see them, they really are a scream, the Adams family. Neat. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, motherfuckers! Boo! Boo! <laughs> it's Halloween! Go rain. Hello. <laughs> What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the spooky Rogue Opinions. My name is Nathan Screamaway. Oh, you son of a bitch. That's my Twitter name at the moment. <laughs> and that beautiful, kind, complimentary voice is one Jimmy Baxter or Jimmy Batter. And Scott's go, so enough said. <laughs> Hi, Scott. Boo, fuckers. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm currently in my, my Halloween estate uh, in the Palacio uh, mansion of uh, Dracula's Castle in Transylvania. That's oh. where I'm. Uh, great Wi-Fi in Transylvania. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, so that's an that's an expensive Airbnb. It is, it is, but tis the season, as they say. <laughs> they, they do say that. <laughs> I'm just sat inside a um a giant pumpkin. <laughs> that's really you have what to I'm doing. roll that up to your house and carve out the middle and set up a podcast studio inside of a pumpkin. Yeah, no, it's basically just um, a giant crane turns up with a huge pumpkin and just plops it on my head. Uh, I, I actually do have, like, just a coffin that I have a microphone sticking in through a hole. Uh, <laughs> and then when I'm done with the podcast, I rise and, like, feed on somebody who's, you know, draining outside outside of the uh, the walls here by my minions, which comes with the Airbnb in this time of year. Scott, I'm just presuming the purge is going on up there. <laughs> Uh, I'm, just sitting, I'm just sitting here. Got my got the skull hanging on the wall. Nothing to do with Halloween. It was there when I moved in. I just haven't been out. <laughs> just haven't gone around to moving it yet. It just it just won't come off the fucking wall. Every time I go near it, it screams. Like <laughs> oh, so um, Jimmy, what are you, what are you gonna be dressed as? Well, what are you currently dressed as? Because we're recording this on Halloween. <laughs> are you are you asking me what I'm wearing there, buddy? Yeah, pretty much. I'm hoping it's spooky. Uh, it's yeah, it's very spooky. If you've ever seen me in person, this is actually very spooky. I'm in a I'm in a man thong, covered <laughs> head to toe in uh pa- like painted handprints, uh, and I walk around with a uh like a like a butter knife, but a plastic butter knife, and I stab a uh, box of cereal over and over again while I stare at you and make you very uncomfortable. I'm a uh, cereal killer. <laughs> You know what? That was the worst Kellogg's advert. That was when they just decided to do that. Yeah, the one Michael C. Hall aired in for, <laughs> for eight years. That whole really <laughs> cross promotion. Oh my god! I just imagine Dexter coming up behind Tony the Tiger. He's like one of the syringe. Dexter is the fourth. Away. The fourth, uh, like you know, there's Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Well, there's also <laughs> Dexter, and he's just like the bad apple of the family. And he go he goes around just killing people and making sure people eat their rice krispies. <laughs> Thanks, oh. gentlemen. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. <laughs> yeah, that's actually um, 
that's actually just going to be our. We're just going to collab now to create that horror movie. <laughs> yeah, why isn't that the format too? By the way, like just like some sort of. Never mind, never mind. We're not peeling back the spooky <laughs> velvet curtain on the wall. We're not planning the podcast whilst we record the podcast. <laughs> we don't have no, the can pop out or anything. <laughs> oh. Scott, what what outfit are you currently wearing? I have the most low budget version of the fiends get up that you've ever imagined i've got regular winter gloves with heart and heel written in tipex on the side of them the lantern i've got isn't a, a bray white head it's the head of the guy who told me my outfit looks shit and tried off me an orange when i went to his door <laughs> oh i'm just wearing a big nappy <laughs> i'm sorry Fun story, my father used to walk around on every Halloween with the same exact sweater on that said, this is my Halloween costume, so deal with it. And he would just walk around the neighborhood drinking a Budweiser. <laughs> oh, God. I also thought you were going to say your dad walked around every Halloween in a nap. <laughs> yeah, that's really what I thought you were going to say as well. <laughs> my, my dad my dad wasn't fun. My dad... <laughs> I mean, he's still alive. He's still very much not fun. But uh, he wasn't especially uh, on Halloween. Never saw the the point in it. Yeah, what is the point of Halloween? That's a good question. Just I don't know. Diabetes. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Although, have you seen all the pictures of like? Um, they always come around on Instagram about this time of year. Of like Halloween costumes from like the early 1900s and stuff, and they're just fucking terrifying. But they're just these really messed up, well, probably messed up kids as well, messed up masks on these kids, but they're like black and white horrible photos. They just look like horror movies. Which which is what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> wow. I'm presuming um, you guys have read the title. I mean, some people don't. They're just like, ooh, Rogue Opinions, let me hit that download button. <laughs> and oh. to all six of you, we say good day. <laughs> Yeah, and every so often they're like, why are these guys naked men? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, ooh, I wonder which which three or two of them are going to be on the episode today. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, oh, it's a Scott episode. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> uh, there, there's, that, there's that annoying American guy again. Let me turn down the volume every time he starts talking. <laughs> Why aren't they reviewing a WWE pay-per-view? I'm just about fucking done with WWE, dude. I'm I'm serious. Like I'm I know this happened like a month ago, but I'm still pissed off at Hell in a Cell. I'm still pissed off at it. Oh god, yeah, that was ages ago. I mean, you might some of you might notice I'm not on the Hell in a Cell review. That's just because I was muted the entire time because I was screaming like obscenities the entire time and Nathan just edited me out because he's, you know, he's very good at what he does. <laughs> Yeah, that really confused me because I didn't know where you were going. You had, I wasn't on the Hell in a Cell with you, and I just thought, "Oh fuck, have I gone crazy?" Because <laughs> I swear I, I was know. talking to you. <laughs> so, oh, shit, I didn't I was... know where I was going either. Turns <laughs> out Nathan was just Nathan was just recording the podcast by himself. He get every now and then he does an American and Scottish accent to fill yeah. in the gaps. He's very good at it. I don't I don't know how he learned how to do them so 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 nicely. Yeah, this is actually all just one person. <laughs> <laughs> A series of hand puppets, just 
<laughs> they're really unnecessary because this is an audio format but they well, helped me well i actually made that i thought that match was actually pretty good oh did you yes i did <laughs> oh, oh, i love aew it's the best <laughs> <laughs> oh well let's <laughs> the segue's ruined let's let's create horror movies we're trying our ass off this thing won't tip over yeah exactly so we're going to create some horror movies for those that haven't listened to this format before there's a series of questions yeah we're just going to go around the table and just build wonderful horror movies in hollywood if you're listening we own all of this ip so please feel free to pay us while you make these movies i'm presuming at this point uh disney probably owns everything so probably yeah disney just uh just pay us you you can have them. So let, let's let's jump right in, guys. Let's start off with the logline to your horror movie. And Scott, we're going to start with you. Yeah, just the thing here. What we oh yeah, this is actually going to work with me because I told you I had two ideas and I couldn't decide which because they're both equally shit. <laughs> How is this going to work? Am I just going to just choose one, or am I going to do both of them? I think re. I think. Jimmy, should we base this entirely on the log lines, and then we'll just pick which one uh, Scott should run with? Yeah, I like that. I like that. Read out both log lines, and then we'll decide between me and Nathan which one you should do. And in the case of a tie, fuck it. <laughs> we'll fight. Okay. First log line is, it all makes sense now. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. I was totally expecting more. <laughs> yeah, there was that pause, and then I realised oh, shit. That's it. And that's the second, so good. and the second one is stupid people do stupid shit. Oh, oh, I know man. which one I'm going for. Oh, which one are you going for? Because I think I'm going for the first one. Really, I'm going for the second one. So it looks oh, like we're about to fight. Oh, we're gonna get a little ding ding in here. And uh, Jimmy wins. Stupid people do stupid shit. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy, what's your logline? My logline is no bad deed goes unpunished. Oh, I'm intrigued. And mine is, as usual, just really rambly. Uh, a carnival suddenly becomes the center for a bunch of murders. The only clue, origami figures of corporate mascots at every scene. <laughs> a very wordy logline. <laughs> Well, a log line's an elevator pitch for what your film is. You see, I always... You're I thinking always of like, tagline. I am thinking of tagline, but I'm going to stick with No Bad Deed Goes Unpunished. Because that's what I have written down. See, mine's is kind of a mix of the two, because mine's is a perfect log line for when I mention... When I read to tell you what my film's about, you'll see, like, yeah, that was the perfect log line. It also just, it just so happens it also works for as a tagline. And a, le- and a lesson for life. <laughs> oh so what you're pitching is a children's film here you're you're, you're teaching the youth <laughs> yeah, sure, and, it's also, and it's also a documentary he's just gone for every genre <laughs> but uh, should we go for name at this point sure scott what is the name of your movie uh, the name of my film is called he's behind you <laughs> i think i saw that film it's on pornhub <laughs> have you look at my internet history uh not this week no 
But yeah, that's the tale of my phone. <laughs> that brief pause was Scott, like, frantically getting rid of his fucking... Delete, his, delete. Delete, 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 delete. Incognito mode is just as good as deleting your browser history. <laughs> just like it was never there. <laughs> Jimmy, what's the title of your film? The title of my film uh, is Cheat Lake. Um, which is an actual place on the way down to West Virginia in the United States of America. And my friends and I, when we were on our way down there for a tele- for a, a, a pay-per-view taping, uh, we came up with a lot of different movies. Uh, this isn't one of them. I just came up with this one on my own. But uh, Cheat Lake has a lot of potential. And uh, that's the name of my movie. Okay, so the name of my carnival-themed origami movie <laughs> is Oricani. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> what? What is the... Yes. <laughs> That's, dude, did you did you watch that episode of Community where, like, the cop is like, oh, yeah, I'm just taking notes for this, uh, this like, cop-based opera that I'm, I'm making. I just can't come up with a name. And the entire room of them just go, Copra! <laughs> and is that, is that how you come up with your titles? I haven't seen that episode, but no, so no, that isn't how I came up with it. I basically came up with the premise first and then realized, holy shit, Garmi and Carney are <laughs> really close <laughs> together. So, Scott, tell us who is the director? And let's go with who stars in it as well. Okay. And uh, So who stars in it and character names? Oh, was that supposed to come up with character names? Oh, you didn't have to. Because <laughs> I didn't. Uh, is it Justin Lin? Is that the guy who directed Conjuring? That's what I had in mind for this film. Directed what? Uh, the Conjuring. Uh, oh, James Wan, wasn't it? James Wan. Uh, James Wan, yeah. Justin yeah. Lin did the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I got confused. <laughs> But hey, if if Justin Lin's directing a horror movie, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I gotta see that. <laughs> How much gasoline is in this film? <laughs> no, fuck it. No, fuck it. It's Justin Lin doing it. Fuck it. It's just, and suddenly Jason Statham's in it. <laughs> oh, that would be better than that. That would be better than what I actually got. Okay, so I've got four. I'm just, I'll tell you what who's in it, and I'll give you more context when I get to the synopsis later. So you've got your main group of uh, four. You've got uh, Brie Larson, Michael Sarah. Uh, what's the one? Dave Franco. Because I'm looking for people around about the same age range, and just somebody who randomly does not fit in the group. So let's just throw in Gary Busey. <laughs> when in doubt, go Busey. Yeah. Yeah. The other, three, the, other, the other three look like they could somehow be associated, and just throw in one that does not belong. Uh, Kevin Bacon is in the film. Rogue Opinions, <laughs> reviving career since 20, yeah. 2019. Kevin Bacon from those E adverts back to the big screen. <laughs> and uh, we have a cameo at the end from Vin Diesel. Because Yes. Because <laughs> Justin Lin's directing it. He's contractually obligated to bring one person from Earth and Fury, so why not? And and his his cameo is is always at the end. He's just like, no, 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 no family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's his character from Fast and Furious called? Uh, Dominic Toretto. Ah, uh, imagine if it's just him at the end, just being like, I don't know where Dominic Toretto was. <laughs> and it's him on his couch watching your film. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Jimmy, who directs it and who's in it? The director of uh, my film, Cheat Lake, is uh, Jordan Peele. Um, Jordan Peele, you know, we know him from uh, the, the, I think, was it Us, I think, and Get Out. Um, and the stars of this movie are mostly, you know, CW stars. They, those, like, like attractive, older, teenage, late, uh, early 20s, rather, uh, you know, people who are uh, mostly Canadian. Uh, that, you know, they're kind of indistinguishable, you know, hot blonde guy with abs, those people. Um, and also Michael McKean as the, uh, as you'll come to learn, a therapist. Is that just in general that he's now a therapist or is that his role in the film? That's his role in the film. Uh. I've been watching a lot of Better Call Saul and I, Michael McKean is the goddamn man. Yeah, he is pretty good. So sorry about the background noise for those listening, but I'm having to record in a conservatory at the moment and it's pissing it down. Um, it makes it more spooky that it's raining. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? So all you need, do- all you need is the world themed clash of lightning in the background and you've got it sorted. <laughs> and then I'll be dead finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the director of my film is Eli Roth, obviously for Orokani. Uh I've got Chloe Grace Moretz playing Rachel Yaya Shahidi plays a, uh, Jackie. Uh, Cameron Mahognan, I don't know how you say his name, playing Chad. Miley Cyrus. Monahan. Monahan playing Chad. Miley Cyrus is playing Millie. Uh, Daniel Kalua is playing Mike. And I've got Shisha Ronan playing Louise. So the synopsis is going to be really long, by the way. I'll settle in. <laughs> yes, strap in, people. Uh, <laughs> so start Scott. Give us the synopsis. Okay, here's the synopsis. This is a found footage movie. Because why not? We always have to have at least one each every year or so. So, in keeping with the theme of stupid people do stupid shit, the the main four that I mentioned, you know, Brie Larson, Busey, etc., go somewhere in the middle of nowhere because they think of themselves as amateur detectives and this place that they're going to was the last reported sighting of a serial killer that hasn't been seen in over 10 years. And they think that somehow there's some clue that they can find that will lead them to figure out what, who the serial killer was or what happened. So, again, so we feel just a bit shit. So they end up getting lost, obviously. And as they're going through the woods, every now and then you hear this mumbling noise. And every, every now and then, words, you hear one word, like, it's clear. So you hear mumble, mumble, something about family, mumble, mumble, cars. <laughs> and just, eventually it starts getting darker and darker, and people get separated. And it's mostly just Brie Larson herself walking around with the camera, because she's been separated from her group. And she just keeps finding everybody, uh, finding the rest of her group, every change she finds them, they all turn up dead. Like, we can... Gary Busey is just, he's just a head. Uh, Michael Sarah just got his fucking, his throat ripped out. Uh, and who was the other one I said? Dave Franco. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't, he just, they all turn up dead until it's just her left. And you just hear this, she's constantly looking behind, looking behind her because you can't, she can't tell where the noise is coming from. But it's basically implied that the serial killer is, is looking for them. Or he's he's on them, onto them, but 
I'm, get, I'm not going to spoil what actually happens because there's a big twist coming at the end here. Can it just be the low rumbling of a V8 engine as well? <laughs> just in the background at all times throughout the film. This this sounds like a bit... This pitch sounds just thrown together as most found footage movies look. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I like it there. I'm into it. Jimmy, what about you? Uh, the synopsis of my film is... Four couples who are in couples therapy, uh, they are problem cases, and they get asked to join a uh, an immersive uh, therapy weekend at the cabin on Cheat Lake. Uh, they are then, while uh, trying to recover and um, make up their, their parts of their relationship, uh, they are hunted down by the staff when they either start to argue or have setbacks, i.e. cheating, lying, drinking too much, etc. Um the they they are followed around and hunted down by uh one of the therapists played by michael mckean and a few of the staff members uh who uh very typical in a jordan peele film start off pretty normal and become more and more and more creepy and weird um all of them are killed off pretty much in succession uh throughout the film except for uh, one woman and one man who uh, barely escape, uh, and then there's an ending there. Oh, we will get to the ending. I'm super into everyone's films. So, yeah, um, definitely. <clears throat> guys, if you need to go get another drink, you don't want to listen to this. This is your time. Um, it's carnival time in South Florida. Obviously, it's Florida. There's five early twenties, well-titted teens work there. <laughs> When suddenly, that's my favorite phrase. I forgot the well-titted teens thing. I was, to be fair, to peel the curtain back, I was warned that the phrase well-titted teens would come up, and I completely fucking forgot. (laughs) Sorry, six early 20s well-titted teens work there when suddenly as the light fades and carnival time shuts for the night, boom, a murder occurs. Left at the scene, an origami figure of Chester Cheetah. There's no mobile signal left and the muscular chiseled titted teens <laughs> try to leave when boom another body this time tony the tiger they panic as they try to find out all the fences and gates are locked and they can't climb over them because this is a horror movie and they've realized they must stop this paper obsessed killer using the only weapon they have friendship <clears throat> and their looks obviously conflict within the story isn't justice now carney killer but Chad has been ghosting Millie because they were meant to go out on a date three weeks ago. But Millie was found in bed with Mike after a heavy night of drinking uh, when they all went out for Jackie's birthday. And also that night, Rachel wore the same thing as Jackie, despite it already being being her birthday. And she already knew what she was going to wear. And she claimed she forgot. But how could you forget when it's someone's birthday? Meanwhile, Rachel is trying to build up the courage to come out as gay to her friends. And has been struggling because she has the hots for Louise who is already out to everyone, but Louise has already friend-zoned Rachel when they made out that time when they were drunk. Oh, also, there's a killer on the loose, and they really need to sort this out. There you go. Wow. What's going on? There's a lot going on. A lot of things happening. Uh, But, Scott, what does the poster look like for your movie? Well, I think it's it's mainly Brie Larson on the poster from the angle of her holding the camera. And it's just dark, and then you just, it's basically just hard looking behind her. It's like, obviously, with the title, he's behind you, and it's just hard looking behind her. Like, very, very simple poster. I like it. Jimmy, what about you? 
the poster for my film is you got to think uh you remember that film 13 ghosts from back in the mid 2000s jesus yeah that was think, a long time ago. yeah yeah it's it's a pretty it's a pretty fun film I, I i actually still like it to this day especially when the uh the the doors slide close and cut that guy in half great kill um so think 13 ghosts but worse uh you have the the house on a small island surrounded by a lake um, I've never actually been to Cheat Lake. We just passed it uh, on a sign. So my my brain has had like two years to like think of what this place actually looks like. Um, so it's like a, a big, big cabin on a small island surrounded by water. Not that I've been playing Fortnite a lot over the last couple of days. Don't think that. Not at all. Um, and then there are some trees and then a stream of blood coming down to reveal the uh, the name Cheat Lake. Damn. So for Oracani, the poster is the titles at the top of a fully paper carousel. Uh, each character is sat on top one of the uh, horses, uh, but all the horses are bleeding. And there's just a giant pile of dead bodies next to the ride, uh, all made out of paper as well. So everything's paper. It's a paper mache massacre. Ah, you just ruined the name of one of the sequels. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so Scott, what about? Why don't you tell us what are the horror cliches used in your movie, and then just tell us how it ends. Well, I think given the phone footage thing, obviously the idea of like, the footage not looking too good, and the idea of, we use a lot of jump scares. There are jump scares galore in this film because we are always turning the camera around to look behind her, and there's always either nothing there. Or then she finds one of her pals dead. Just constant jump scares in this film, and also the idea of people being in a situation be, be, that they brought on themselves because they're fucking idiots, because they went out and they went by themselves, like again, like a bunch of fucking idiots. And I may mention how Dave Franco's character died. How he was found, he was found with a hole in his foot. That will come into play later on, because. Because I know at one point Bill Larson's character finds a gun on her, like in the middle of the woods, and she hears someone coming down. You think this is the bit where she's finally gonna get killed. She turns around and she just starts firing the gun, and she finds it's Vin Diesel that she shot. But it turns out that she gets a bit of a light and she sees that Vin Diesel's actually a cop, and apparently before them were reported missing, and he was actually just looking out trying to find them, and he was just trying to help them. But people are really dumb. And it turns out we get then we get footage from he's got a body cam on because of course he does. He and we see in the footage there about how all our friends died and it turns out that they weren't killed by anyone they just all died in accidents and other stupid ways because Vin Diesel has got a dog with him and Michael Sarah scared the dog and the dog the dog bit him in the throat and that's how he died. <laughs> Uh, Dave Franco accidentally is the one that brought the gun and he accidentally shot himself in the foot and then fell down a hill. Was he really stoned at the time? Yes. <laughs> Obviously. God damn that James Franco. Always and, uh, stoned. And then Gary Busey tried to climb a tree because he's Gary Busey and he fell out of the tree and one of the branches hit him so hard his head came off. <laughs> I love and Gary just, Busey. And just cut back to real earth and you see a very sad looking dog because she just shot it, shot its owner. And then 
we see Kevin Bacon's character versus a, versus a cop. And he basically arrests Spielar, so he brings her out to this road in the middle of nowhere, puts her in the back of the car, and then we get this twist where Kevin, Kevin Bacon, he just places the camera down, you can just see kind of part of their body, and you can hear their voices, you can't really see their faces. And Kevin Bacon basically just says, you shouldn't have came out here, you shouldn't have came looking for me. And it's revealed that Kevin Bacon was the guy that they were looking for all along. And Kevin Bacon basically kills Brie Larson as the phone cuts to black. Oh, shit. Can this actually be Footloose 2? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. It cuts to black, and as he drives away, you just hear Footloose playing as a credits roll. But a really sombre version of the Footloose song. That'd be a hell of a twist. That'd be ballsy. It was a horror movie. Somewhere M. Night Shyamalan is going like slowed down footloose theme. <laughs> movie idea twist. What question mark? God, that is probably how he comes up with movie ideas, isn't it? If you're listening, M, no. We own this. <laughs> I mean, he's got plenty of money. So, like, M, if you're listening, we own it for now. If you want to take any of these, we're available. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird how I'd rather watch all three of these than any of his films. <laughs> Other than... I mean, Un- Unbreakable was really good. Yeah. And uh, so was Split. Glass is garbage. Yeah, Glass is crap. Glass, Glass is like, so what if every single film was connected? <laughs> you but... can tell that that wasn't the idea he had, or if it was, like, stop making movies. Also, M. Night... Listen, man-to-man, let- let's get real here. I'm gonna turn my chair around and rap with you real quick. Um... <laughs> Stop putting yourself in cameo appearances in your own films. You're not a good actor. You need to stop. Just stay in your lane behind the camera and tell people to do things that they probably wouldn't have done because they're actors and they know better than you. <laughs> That's th- Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Thank you. So with that said, how does your film end? My film uh, ends, as I said, with one w- woman and one man uh, barely escaping, bloodied and beaten and just emotionally torn apart. The woman is from one of the four couples. The man is from another one of the four couples. Uh, if I had done any sort of, you know, other work on on this, I would have been able to give you character names and some sort of motivation for why those two escaped. But I didn't, so it's just one of, one of the couples. Because it's a C movie directed by Jordan Peele because he needs the money sometimes. Um... And uh, they decide to watch over each other, knowing that the worst is yet to come. Because as they get away from the island on a rowboat and they're going back to civilization, a hand starts appearing from under the rubble of the cabin that they had burned down to try and kill the staff members after killing all of their loved ones and these other couples that were involved in this, uh, this immersive therapy weekend. And it's Michael McKean. He's still alive. And as he pulls himself out of the rubble, badly burned and bloodied and very, very angry that he wasn't able to finish what he had started, Matthew McConaughey walks up and says, 
yeah, you know, uh, we got a lot more work to do here. All right. And they walk off together knowing that the worst is yet to come. This isn't the end. This is merely part one of the Cheat Lake Saga. <laughs> I love Michael Mc- uh, Matthew McConaughey being involved. Yeah, of course, of course. Oh, well, Matthew McConaughey appears. <laughs> yes, yes. Did you ever tell us he was in the film? No, that was the point. Oh, I love it. Because he's only in at the very, very, very end of the movie. Once you think... Uh, like, and is he is he in as Matthew McConaughey? Like, he's not a character. It's just Matthew McConaughey. Uh, he is Matthew McConaughey other than in name. He's essentially Matthew McConaughey because he's putting the money out for all of these uh, experiments, which leads directly into how many sequels um, are in my little Cheat Lake saga, uh, which I'm just going to say now is five sequels in varying timelines. You'll see how this whole thing came about, why it's there one in the future and then them going to the city to hunt down the final two who survived, who were trying to blow the whistle on this whole immersive therapy weekend experience at cheat Lake. I'm so into this. So, uh, my film ends with, so as is customary because of where I'm recording at the moment and I have to record it, it's raining super hard and Mike is dead. His head has replaced a clown head that you're meant to shoot water into to inflate the balloon, like at a carnival. And alongside there is an origami figure of Joe Camel. And they <laughs> scream and run into the haunted house, but Louise doesn't quite make it before the door shuts. They're automatic, and they opened on their own, and horror movie reasons. They argue, and then... <laughs> I don't know if what I'm about to say is offensive, but they argue, and then Rachel just screams, I'm gay! Because if you remember me, that was her whole character arc and then there's a really touching moment where they reveal that they already knew oh by the way everyone's only wearing t-shirts and their uh, shirts are super soaked into their rippling abs um the lights in the haunted house then turn on super bright and sat on the stage where they do the kids shows uh, the kids spooky shows sorry is a figure wearing all paper and playing the figure of the green giant is uh louise and she's the Orokani killer, guys. Oh, oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> they ask why she did it, and she gives all these reasons about um, how people used to give her paper cuts when she was a really young kid. And then the guys explain how that's a really shit reason. Um, super intense fight scene, and also drowning pools let the bodies hit the floor starts playing. Naturally. And, um, Naturally. Oh, fuck, I lost my place. Drowning pool. Okay, and then she kills everyone. Everyone's dead. And as she's about to kill Rachel, they stop and they lock eyes. And uh, yeah, and fuck, I keep losing my place. Uh, everyone else is dead. They're super covered in blood. Louise then staring into Rachel's lovely, um, well titted eyes. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Uh, uh, she then drops her knife on the floor and also an origami figure of the Michelin man, Mr. Peanut, the Monopoly guy and the Kool-Aid guy. And Rachel explains how she feels, but the police barge in and obviously arrest them both because there's dead bodies around them. But the final scene of the film is Rachel visiting Louise in prison and across from that glass thing where people are allowed to visit prisoners. Um, Louise is teaching Rachel how to make the Cocoa Pops monkey out of paper. And then the credits roll. 
Wow. Wow. Best film ever made. Not, yeah, definitely. Pretty much. You guys are pretty stunned. Louise was the Oricani killer. I, I'm still taken aback, for sure. Oh, well, thank you. Scott, how many sequels were there to your film? Uh, there were four sequels, uh, all directed DVD. <laughs> uh, and all of them were a common theme of a different, they're all found footage. Uh, first, all, the first three are all different groups of idiots all coming back to the same spot to figure out what happened to the people who went, who died in the, in the movie before. Uh, the third movie features family members of Bill Larson's character from the first movie trying to figure out what happened to her. Kim Bacon is back each time as a serial killer. Uh, the fourth sequel is a prequel film showing you how like, how he became a serial killer, what drove him to start killing people in the first place. They tried to get that fourth film uh, not to be straight to you, they tried to get it into uh, give it a cinematic release because it was made a prequel to a film that was already in cinemas and then they watched, people watched the screening of the film and thought, no, you guys are trying way too hard. This is going straight to DVD. But we do learn in that last film that uh, Kevin Bacon's uh, first victim was his father when his dad tried to ban him from dancing. <laughs> so, yeah, Kevin Bacon, is in all, Kevin Bacon is in all the sequels because if you've seen him in all these EE adverts, he's clearly struggling for work, so he happily takes the money. I picked the complete wrong moment to sip my drink then. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> when he starts dancing. Yes, it's footloose. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, how, oh, you've already explained how many sequels. Did you explain all the details of the sequels? Uh, I, in broad strokes, but yes, there, there, there are five sequels in varying timelines. Uh, the, 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 the immediate sequel to Cheat Lake, Cheat Lake 2, even cheatier, is the... Uh, the, the, it shows how the entire immersive therapy weekend came about with Michael McKean and Matthew McConaughey putting their money together to start bringing these really troubled uh, couples out there to just get rid of them because they decide that, you know, people uh, some people aren't worth saving. Uh, the third sequel, Cheat Lake 3, the cheatiest, um, is uh, another group of uh, couples get brought out to Cheat Lake now that the uh, the cabin has been um, like re rebuilt. All of those people die. It's starting to work out again. Cheat Lake 4, um, you know, uh, burning, burning hot love cheat uh, is just uh, a story of the two people who escaped in the first movie getting drawn back to Cheat Lake for one or another reasons. And the final film, Cheat Lake 5, the end of the cheat. <laughs> Yes, the, the the all anal final chapter, as it's known, um, is uh, where they return to Cheat Lake to destroy the uh, immersive therapy weekend from the inside out, uh, in which uh, only one of them dies. The woman escapes uh, and she takes down Matthew McConaughey and walks away with one hundred million dollars. <laughs> For any reason. Uh, just because that's just pocket money to Matthew McConaughey, as we all know. He's just like, can we end this franchise if I give you a hundred K? Like, no, no, like she, she kills him and then she pickpockets him to try and look for the keys to the boat to get off oh, the shit, island. He's just got, he's always he's, just carrying a hundred K. A hundred million. Oh shit. That's a lot. That's, 
pocket money to him, dude. He's been around for like 30 years, dude. There's no way that guy is that calm and he's broke. You know what I'm saying? It's cheap. It's just have it on his person. I mean, geez. yeah, yeah. It's, it's lining the inside of his coat and everything. There's always <laughs> money in the banana stand, as we all know. <laughs> as they're coming up to his house, just uh, their friend, they're just like, is that house made of money? Like, that's no, why if he ever that's crazy. why if, he, if he's ever in a film or in a TV show or on TV and he's not wearing a full suit, his strength is in, increased by 120% because he walks around with 120 million 100 million dollars weighing himself down and that's how he trains every day. That's how why he's always so ripped. All right, all right, all right. Damn right. Uh Orikani had four sequels. Orikani 2, it was basically the same movie. Except Rachel was the killer, but she would draw memes on paper instead of making origami figures of corporate mascots. Uh, Orikami 3, Paper Mache Massacre. Uh, Louise escapes from prison, but she just makes, she kind of just makes skivs and knives out of paper mache and just stabs those people. It was a bit shit. Orikami 4, Sheet at a Time. Uh, The worst one, it's just some kind of weird homage to the Shawshank Redemption. And then Orikami. Uh, Orikani X, and that's just where they go to space. <laughs> All right. I honestly thought that you were um, that you were making that you were making a joke that I had uh, come up with a uh, paper mache massacre <laughs> that no, I had stolen with the sequel. What I wrote down. It's <laughs> actually kind of why I'm glad that we didn't uh, hit my horror cliche because my horror cliche was the exact same thing that Scott said. So. <laughs> Oh, my horror cliche is just teenagers that are actors that are way older than they actually are playing teenagers and also stabbing. Oh, very 90210 of you. Yeah, and a million jump scares. Of course, yeah. So we all had the same horror cliche is essentially what we're talking about. Pretty much. It turned out horror is really hard. (laughs) That it is, yeah. Yeah, it's, It's harder than it seems. So... Guys, Scott Starmie, if you had to go to the cinema and see one of these absolute train wrecks, which would you pick? Uh, I definitely probably wouldn't see my own film because... <laughs> God, that was a mess. Uh, <laughs> like, I think I'd be happy to see Jimmy's one, even if I didn't know going into it that Matthew McConaughey was going to be there. It'd just be a happy surprise at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you'd kind of be furious that you spent money on it, and then Matthew McConaughey would pop up. And you'd be like, oh, okay, maybe this wasn't so bad. And then I'd get angry again, like, oh, come on, that was the best bit, and now it's over? Now we've got to pay money for a fucking sequel. <laughs> that's how, that's how my, my production studio is going to keep making the money to make more of these films, is we're just going to put in something at the very end, give you a little taste, and then bring you back for the sequel. Typical Hollywood, man. Yeah, typical typical Hollywood <laughs> it, it isn't it funny how Hollywood has the exact same like mentality as you know like drug dealers do they'll give you a little <laughs> bit they'll give you a little bit of the good stuff and then you come back and they're like well no now I gotta charge you full price <laughs> we just became wrestling promoters <laughs> it's all connected baby it's all connected the show business that's what it is. It's all show business. Jimmy, which one would you spend full t- cinema ticket price on? Uh, the one I'm going to spend full uh, cinema ticket price on is uh, the one Scott made that he didn't talk about. Uh, because <laughs> of these films. 
all three of these films are atrocious, and I hope people pay us to make them so I can see just how bad they'll be. Yeah. Yeah. By, def- I, by default, I'm going to agree with Jimmy. <laughs> if you want, if you want, if you give me thirty seconds, I can explain the entire plot synopsis of my other film in like oh, thirty seconds. Thank God, because I was about to say we should just all three of us make it now. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, I'm gonna. I've got a timer here. I'm gonna give myself thirty seconds. I'm gonna explain the entire film. Three, two, one. Okay, so it's a supernatural film, and we see a demon in hell, voiced by Nick Nolte, and he's thinking the ultimate plan to really fuck with people on Earth, and he chooses this one particular baby to possess, and we see him, he possesses the baby, and we see the tie on the end of the baby's bed in the hospital, and the baby says, Donald J. Trump, and the rest of them is just a Donald Trump biopic. My God. And the title of the film is Grabbing by the Soul. Wow! Oh, that's so good. Wow! That's so good. Holy shit! Oh my god! Well, I'm only in for one caveat: is before the voiceover sessions, Nick Nolte has to have consumed a whole bottle of wine. (laughs) Like, I'm not saying he won't have turned up already having done that. (laughs) I am simply saying he has to also have another one. Fucking Nick Nolte is such a committed actor. He told this story once where he uh, was in a uh, Tennessee Williams play uh, and to prepare. And while he was on stage, he stuck uh, like a weighted uh, like a piece of metal that was weighted into his shoe. So it would affect his walking. Uh, He he stuck something uh, under his hair so it would stab him in the back of the head. He had something in his mouth and also he had something in his ass. While he performed, this is not a joke. I'm not making this up. This is a real thing right. that he admitted to during a Q&A, but he won't ever tell anybody what he put up his ass during a Tennessee Williams play to help his acting. He's also drunk a lot of the time. He's also drunk all the time. Do all you ever the hear the, the guy sounds like he's constantly just getting done smoking a third pack of cigarettes for the afternoon. So pretty much. Yeah, he's perfect. Let me see that. Uh, in the film, Donald Trump plays himself even as a child. So even child, Donald Trump is played by full-grown adult Donald Trump, and <laughs> it's just basically done everything Donald Trump's done in his life up until like the end of the film is him being sworn into office, and he sits in his chair, and you just see these eyes just go black for a second, and it just cuts the dark, and basically it's just explaining his life, but now in the context that a demon is possessing him, and... That's why the tagline, the logline is, it all makes sense. Wow, we, we chose poorly on this one, Nathan. Yeah, because the moment you started talking about how the demon picked a child to go fuck the world, I thought this was going to be the Mark Zuckerberg biopic. <laughs> and I thought this was going to be a prequel to The Social Network, but then you dropped that Donald J. Trump thing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm all in. Well, because there's only one movie, the perfect movie, so good. So many people have seen it. Everybody thinks it's the best. Ask anybody. It's uh, the best. You know, oh. out, out of everything Donald Trump's done, his misuse of full stops is what bothers me most. <laughs> oh, that's what that's what does it? Yeah. Like, every time I see him, well, I say every time I see him, I've muted him on Twitter. 
But um, which Donald, sorry, mate, I know you're a big fan, but I just can't hack it. And um, but I saw that letter that you wrote earlier. I say earlier, two weeks ago. <laughs> Was it written in crayon? It should have been. Did you ever see that meme where it's that where he uh, it was like early in his in his term he like signed something and then he held it up so of course the internet completely yeah. got rid of it <laughs> yeah. and it's always just like little kid doodles or <laughs> like just something ridiculous where it's just like everybody everybody gets a hundred million dollars that they have to pay to me because I'm the best and whatever like it, it's just fantastic like as much as I am like sickened to my core that Donald fucking Trump is the president of the United States of America. It it's just so fucking funny. Yeah. There's just so much to it. Like John Oliver, God bless him, but like the shit he's been able to do with this president being around, I thought it would never get better than when John Stewart was hosting the Daily Show and George Bush was president. But now with John Oliver and the way that he talks about uh stupid Watergate and stupid Watergate 2, like they it's the best the absolute best if someone wants to grab that meme use any of our twitter photos to superimpose our face over his face and then scribble the title of our of our films on that blank bit of paper that he held up send it to ben underscore (laughs) e-b-e-r-t and uh just just let him know that you're thinking of us so yeah superimpose my face scribble oracani on a pit. Every time I say it, that was such a shit idea. <laughs> but, you know, the best, best thing you do is put any one of our faces on it and just in that blank piece of paper, just just put in a picture of a cat with a bolt, little ball on him pulling a can of iron brew. <laughs> oh, the official Rogue Opinions mascot. But um, yeah, I think that film is probably the best film. The Donald Trump biopic that starts with <laughs> a drunken Nick Nolte. Yeah, can Nick Nolte not be playing a demon? Could it just be drunk Nick Nolte? I was gonna, I'll be honest with you, I was struggling to figure out who I would have this voice in demon. It was, it was between Nick Nolte and Vince McMahon. Oh, I was going to say... What about Mel, Willem Dafoe? I was going to say Mel Gibson. <laughs> I, I think I prefer Mel, Willem Dafoe. Mel Gibson really killed that. <laughs> well, yeah, we I, don't think we're re- I don't think we're ready to forgive him yet. Yeah, we made some real shite here, guys. So happy Halloween, <laughs> and uh, have some have some sweeties, and think of us. Uh, have some Jimmy. What are Americans drinking at the moment? White Claw. Have some White Claw. Have and an there's iron... a worldwide White Claw shortage. Actually, that's been going on for a little while now, where you can't you can hardly even find it. Uh, Braun Strowman had loads two weeks ago when he put up an Instagram story. Oh, don't make me not like Braun Strowman. <laughs> Here's what you do. Get a two-liter bottle of... Uh, what's this shit fizzy drink? 7-Up. <laughs> Empty it out because you don't want to drink it. 33% White Claw. 33% Iron Brew. 33% Newcastle Brown Ale. And let us, oh. know what that, let us know what that tastes like. Oh, my God. That's like garbage water. That's, like... Our, that's our Halloween treat to you. Pour it I've in a never had... Bin. I've never had Iron Brew, but like just the Newcastle Brown Ale and White Claw in it would just—it just sounds horrendous. All right, you, can, you can swap out the Brown Ale for straight vodka. Ironically, if you included the version with the Brown Ale, the colors that would mix together 
The colour of yeah. the drink, ironically, is one of the few drinks that the colour of it matches what's going to come out of you after you drink it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there he is! Joke sniper! The hardcore version is brown ale. The, not, the pussy version is vodka. Make your choice. Uh, <laughs> video the result and send it to Ben underscore EB. <laughs> Let us know know what happens to you if you drink two litres of that. But otherwise, find us, as always, at Rogue underscore Opinion on the Twitter and the Instagram. Follow me at Nathan Greenaway if you really want to. Check back through the feed. Loads of stuff would have got up by the time this goes up. Scott, what have you got going on? Uh, You can find me at Scott McLeod1986 on Twitter. You can find my other podcast, Scott and Paul's Realm Podcast, at SP Ramble on Twitter. I think... By the time this comes out, we'll have either released part of or just be about to release uh, a couple of special episodes that we're going to recently. An episode that we're going to release in two parts because our hundredth episode kind of lines up with our second anniversary. So we're going to do, do a two-part episode thing. Uh, the full ideas of it were not. Well, I'm not going to spoil. Just go out and take because I think it may be released by the time uh, this goes out. At least part one will be. Good stuff. Jimmy, what have you got going on? You've got loads going on. I do, I do. Um, if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, All Hallows' Eve, uh, you will by now, no doubt, know that last night uh, I was on commentary for a little show called Uncanny Attractions Presents Drags and Dropkicks, A Nightmare on Wyckoff Avenue from Brooklyn, New York, on Fight TV. If you happen to miss us because you were out enjoying the festivities of the Halloween season, Don't worry, because you can go on your Fight TV app. You can look us up by searching Drags and Dropkicks, and you can watch the replay anytime you want. So if you're not sick of my voice now, you no doubt will be by the end of the show. We have a great lineup going there. We have Effie in competition. We have MV Young uh, battling Bad Bones. We got Pinky Sanchez in a great triple threat with Killian McMurphy and Alley Cat. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen this show yet, please do. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and it will enable us to be able to do more of those shows in the future. Also, recently, if you don't already follow me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever you may not know, I'm now a published author. Uh, a good close friend of mine, the uh, founder and CEO of Nerdopotamus.net, Joey Finnegan, uh, asked me to contribute a couple short stories to a collection that he was putting out called Assorted. It is now on uh, Amazon. Uh, it's going to take a little time to find it. Uh, we'll, we've posted the uh, the link up on our Twitter, Rogue underscore Opinions, and also on mine, Mr. Riot, M-R-R-I-0-T. Um, so go check it out. Uh, this is a small dream of mine that was able to uh, finally get rec- like realized because of a good friend of mine who uh, read a couple of my stories and thought that they would fit. Uh, the book again is called Assorted. Um, yeah, it's it's just a, it's a really big deal for me. So if you guys want to check it out, go check it out. The book is only ten bucks, I think. So definitely go check that out. Um, and for everything else coming up, follow me on Twitter, Mister Riot M R R I zero T. Yeah, definitely go check that out. We will tweet that out again. I'm sorry about the background noise on my end, but I'm having a recording a horrible setup. So I will say goodbye now. So goodbye from everyone. Enjoy Halloween and speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.